Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. We're excited. I'm excited this morning to be able to, to share on this topic. We have been in a series that we've called uh, Heart of the House. And the way that I've described it, described it to our campus is sometimes it's good to kind of take a step back and kind of refresh yourself on why you do what you do and why God has you where he has you. Amen? And that's what we've kind of done over the, uh, over the course of the last few weeks is we just kind of brought it back to the basics and reminded ourselves. How many of you have, from time to time, you've got to kind of pull the family together and you've got to kind of revisit who you are and kind of, you know, correct some things. Is there anybody that does stuff like that? We, we did that at my house, but most of the time it was mostly just me and my dad by ourselves and I, he was accompanied with a belt sometimes. Anybody else in here, you still remember them days? My dad didn't believe in uh, timeout. Uh, the, the timeout was when I was passed out after he beat me. No, I'm just joking. I'm just picking. It wasn't really that bad. I love my dad. So. Um, this morning, what we're talking about is, over the course of the last week, we have kind of gone over the vision of our house, which is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Uh, we looked at the mission of this house, which is to gather, grow, and go. And then last week, you heard from our senior pastor talking about our commitment. We talked about second mile Christianity, and I believe that you did that yesterday. I really believe that most of you try to do it every single day, that you love Christ and you love God so much and so appreciative of what he's done in your life that you want to express that. Amen? Now listen, some of you have already had more than two cups of coffee this morning, and you've had breakfast, so I, I want to I get a little feedback, amen? I, I, I know I'm just like Pastor Mike, man, I want to hear a preach preacher, uh, you know, go with that, uh, you break that, if you still got your rally towel, break it out and shake it at me, I don't care, just let me know you're here this morning, Amen? And uh, we're, we're, it's all good, it's all good. But today we're talking about something that I'm very passionate about. I do not apologize about this passion, but we are gonna talk about this morning that we are a church that is passionate about worship. How many of you enjoyed our worship this morning? How many of you would say that we are blessed by the team that comes up here every Sunday morning? And here's the thing about it, though. You know, as talented and as gifted as the worship team is, the thing that I love is that they're up here to worship, not because they get paid to do it, not because somebody, don't, they don't have anything else. They do it because they are expressing what God has done in their life personally. If you were to go down the line of every individual that's on this stage and listen to their testimony and what God has done in their life, how he saved them, how he set them free, how he has delivered them, how he is using them. And all they did was take the talent and the ability that God put in their life and they're using it as much as they can to express it where we can all enjoy it. Can I get a better amen on this Sunday morning? Now, let me say this. You don't have to be on a stage and you don't have to be an amazing singer to worship God. The Bible says to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. I know there's some of us that fall into that joyful. Don't be pointed, people. 
Don't be, don't be looking at anybody like, Lord, you just talked about that deuce in my, don't, don't do any of that. But the, the thing is, is that if you're here this morning and you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior, you have a reason to praise and worship him. You have a reason to shout his name. You have a reason to stand on any stage, anywhere it may be, whether it be at your job, in your neighborhood, whatever it is, and worship him for who he is. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to look at, and there's so many, where, so many ways that you could have gone on this topic of we're passionate about our worship how it's, it's where we worship God in what we do in our everyday life. We worship God in how we serve. But I just want to talk this morning about, we, about our worship and what we're doing this morning and the, the part of the service and talk about how it's not limited to what we do on Sunday morning, that we can truly worship God everywhere that we go every day of the week at any point in time. Because there is a world out there that is depressed and they're in bondage and they're struggling to try to figure out the meaning of life. And we have the answer to every question they have, but we need to express it. I started thinking about this whole thing about worship and you know, everybody worships something or someone. And we, we've had this saying that you've heard us say before that you can always tell um, what is most important to people or what they worship the most by what they spend the most time and the most money on. But I started thinking about this whole thing of worship and, and the definition of worship is this. It says the first one is to honor or show reverence for as a divine being or supernatural power. The second thing it says is to regard with great or extravagant respect, honor, or devotion. And then the third, it says to perform or take part in worship as an act of worship. So we see definition-wise, I remember this video from way, way long time ago. Um, and, and it was this, this guy and this girl, and they were waiting in this, uh, um, I guess this tunnel where uh, Michael Jackson was gonna be coming from the concert he had just given. And they found out some kind of way that his, his vehicle was gonna be passing their way. So they, somebody was filming it and they were sitting there and, and they were waiting on his vehicle to pass, I guess just to kind of get a glimpse of the vehicle. And so as they're sitting there, and I don't know how long they waited, but they're sitting there and all of a sudden they hear this car, this limousine coming down. They see this limousine coming down. And as it's coming down, they're standing there and, there's, and the girl looks like she's about to pass out or, or just kind of, you know, fall over from all this excitement inside of her. And she's like, oh, he's coming. Oh. And, and the guy's like, oh yeah. And they're back and forth. And, and all of a sudden the car stops right in front of them and Michael Jackson gets out of the vehicle. And she says, oh, boom, and she falls out. It's like this was your shining moment and you, you passed out and, and the guy's there and he's like, come, come here, come here. And, and Michael Jackson got and he walks over and he kind of helps her up and she's just like, and she's crying and everything else and they talk and he, you know, he's like, yeah, okay. And, and, and so, they, <laughs> and so he gets back in the car finally and he kind of drives away, his limousine driver drives him away and, 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 and she's just like, oh, and they're walking off. I mean, the video was them going off. I'm just, and I'm thinking in the back of my mind, you know, this guy has done nothing to bring any benefit to her life other than do an album, sing a song. And I started thinking about, do we get that way when we come into the presence of the king? Do, do we get that overwhelmed 
when we think about the one who died on the cross for us? Do we get that passionate that we lose it in the moments when we are standing before the Almighty? Do we truly get into it when, we're, when, we, when we realize everything that he's pulled us out of? And some of you that are in here this morning, man, God has pulled you out of some stuff. Some of you in here are walking miracles. The doctors didn't give you a chance. Some of you in here and your marriages were shot and God supernaturally brought you back together. Some of you in here have children where the doctor said you never would have a child. There are so many things that we have, so many reasons, so many purposes for us to worship him. But the question is, do we do it like we should? Or have we treated it as common and just something that we do? It's just whatever. Started thinking about this whole thing of worship and why we worship and I read this quote by St. Augustine that I thought is so important. He says, to fall in love with God is the greatest romance. To seek him, the greatest adventure. To find him, the greatest human achievement. Man. Think about that, man. Think about that you're here this morning because at some point in time in your life, whether you were a child growing up in church or you've just recently, because of the lifestyle you lived and someone shared the gospel with you, you made a decision to follow Christ wholeheartedly. You made a decision to surrender your life. What you gave him in trade for what he gave you, you realize, wow, I came out on the much better end of the deal. And there's this whole thing about why we worship. So I wanna look at three things. I wanna give you three things this morning on why we worship. Because again, you, you see it expressed here. And I love the fact that, that we sing a song that says we're not ashamed. We don't care what anybody thinks. How many of you have ever, how many of you have ever been somewhere where you, you, know, you, you, just, you don't care? You're like oblivious. You're in the car and, and you're at the stop sign and, and, and you, you throw some worship on. You got Doug sitting up there kicking it, you know, I'll see you rolling it up and, you know, Tab's doing this and you're just in the moment right there and, and you're just lifting up your hands or you beating on the steering wheel. Have you ever seen those folks? Man, that's when you know you're in the moment. If you follow me on Instagram, I, I, I do a lot of kayak fishing and I do some hunting and I, I, that's just me. I love to do this. Somebody actually asked me one time, they're like, Pastor Timmy, you, you're taking all these, you're putting all these pictures on Instagram. Do you fish all the time? I'm like, no, I fish every so often, but I take a ton of pictures. The, what you're seeing is the moments that I wish I was fishing. And I just post them all over the place. But people ask me, you know, why, why do you like it so much? And for me, it's the time when I can just get along with God in creation Unplug. I don't have to answer my phone. I don't have any responsibilities. I can just get along with God. And I can't tell you how many times I've been sitting in a kayak and just as I sit and I look at all of his creation, when I think about all that he's done for me, I can't help but just simply worship him. I, I, there, I, I'm old school. I'm, you know, I say old school. I gave my heart back to the Lord, to the Lord when I was in 1986 and I was a part of Family Worship Center and there, I love the new songs. Man, when I listen to this new stuff with Maverick City and Elevation Worship and our worship and everything, it's, it's incredible. But sometimes you gotta go back old school. There's some, there's some amazing songs from back in the day and, 
Like one of the ones that I just always find myself singing whenever I'm either in, the, in worship or if I'm, you know, when I'm in my kayak or in the, in the tree stand hunting or whatever else is that from time to time, I just, I just like asking and inviting the Holy Spirit to come in to where I am. And I'll just sit, man, I'll, I'll be in my kayak or I'll be sitting down and I'll, as I'm praying or whatever else, I'll just begin to sing. Holy Spirit, thou art welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, thou art welcome in this place. Omnipotent Father of mercy and grace, thou art welcome in this place. Man, I... you're like, what? Are you trying to get him in the kayak with you? <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll catch more fish if I don't just. I, I just want to invite him into my, I just want more of him in my heart. I just, I want to be so consciously aware of him everywhere I go. I don't ever want to miss an opportunity that there's somebody out there that is in desperate need of finding out who he is. And I've got the person of the Holy Spirit living inside of me. I can't keep my mouth shut. Listen, there are people out there that will say things and do things and they are unapologetic and they're not godly. Why do we as the church keep our mouths shut when we've got the answer to everything the world's going through? I just started thinking about why do we worship? I wanna give you three things this morning on why we worship him and they have to be in this order. Because if we get them out of whack, then, then everything's kind of out of whack. The first thing, if you're taking notes, the first reason that we worship him is that we worship him because of who he is. Because of who he is. You say, okay, well, I get it, Pastor Timmy. He's the creator. He's the one that brought everything into existence. Do you realize he's the one that put breath in your lungs? We all woke up this morning with breath in our lungs. He didn't have to put breath in your lungs. There are some people that didn't get breath in their lungs this morning. The fact that you're breathing, the fact that you're walking in here under your own power, the fact that you're able to make the choice to come and sit in church today and hear the gospel and lift up your hands and learn more about him, that is God's blessing on our life. But as I begin to look through the scriptures, of course, I'm always, I'm a David guy, the man after God's own heart. And I, and I think when I think of a worshiper, I think of young David in his teenage years and younger years as he's laying at night uh, uh, surrounded by the sheep that he's caring for with a harp. And, and he could have sung about anything, but what does he sing about? He sings about his heavenly father. He sings about the God that protects him. He sings about the relationship that he has with his heavenly father. And he realizes how many times God's shown up and been so faithful to him. And I look at Psalms chapter 62, verses five through eight, it says this. It says, let all that I am wait before God, for my hope is in him. He alone, look at this, he alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will not be shaken. My victory and honor come from God alone. He is my refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach me. Oh, my people, trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart to him, for God is our refuge. He's our refuge. Listen, instead of running to Facebook to vent, why don't we run to our refuge and worship? Yeah. 
We want to blow everything up on social media. We want to complain and tell everybody what's going on. I've been done wrong and this and that. And God's saying, woohoo, over here, over here. Will you just come into my presence? Because when you worship me, all of that won't matter. Let me come and let me give you security. Let me give you strength. Let me give you purpose. That's what the God that created it all wants to do with us. The fact that he wants to have a personal, intimate relationship with you and I still to this day blows my mind. He doesn't have to do it. He chooses to do it. I look at Psalms chapter 145, verse 3. It says, great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. Look at this. No one can measure his greatness. He is in a league all of his own. No one even comes in the top 10. He is the top 10. Psalms 145, 8 through 9, it says, the Lord is merciful and compassionate. There's some of you that are in this room right now that you've been living under the heavy weight of condemnation. You need to hear something this morning. Our God is loving and compassionate. Don't let the enemy beat you down with, the, with, your, with your past. If you've repented of it, it's done as far as the east is from the west. So our sins have been removed from us. Don't live under the weight of condemnation. See, if we will spend time with him, we will understand him more. He said, he is slow to anger and filled with unfailing love. The Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all of his creation. Psalms 145, 13 and 14. For your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Your rule throughout all generations. The Lord always keeps his promises. He is gracious in all that he does. The Lord helps the fallen and lifts those bent beneath their loads. Psalms 145, 17 through 20. The Lord is righteous in everything that he does. He is filled with kindness. The Lord is close to all who call on him. Yes, to all who call on him in truth. He grants the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cries and, uh, for help and rescues them. The Lord protects those who love him and he destroys the wicked. Well, why am, I, why am I so heavy in the scripture? Because here's the thing. If we don't get in the word of God, if we don't understand the word of God, we're not gonna understand who he is. The way that we get a better understanding of him is we have to learn more about him. And there is no greater book on the planet. I'm thankful for great men and women of God that get insight and revelation into the things of God, but their, their words will never replace this word. So what book are you reading? The Bible. Where can I learn more about the grace of God? The Bible. Where can I learn more about forgiveness of God? The Bible. Listen, it all points right here. It transcends time. He doesn't change. So many times, and look, I'm grateful for the insight that God gives other individuals. But man, I need to get insight for myself. I need to get a word for myself. I need to know who he is for myself. There was a time when God was the God of my mom and the God of my grandmother, but he wasn't my God. But in May of 1986, he became my God. And now every single day, I wanna learn more about him because of what he's done in my life. Which brings me to point number two. The other reason that we worship him is that we worship him because of what he's done. 
First is we worship him because of who he is. Then we worship him because of what he's done. Obviously, we we worship him because he saved us. Listen, if God doesn't answer another single prayer that you pray, he has done enough in bringing salvation to us that he doesn't have to answer another one. That should be enough to worship. Because some of us in this room, man, you were heading down a path that if God would have not intervened at just the right time, you wouldn't be here today. The alternatives of where you would be is unthinkable and you don't want to think about it. But when you think about everything that he's done for us, see the main reasons, of course, that we worship him, a lot of times we think about the main reason is salvation, redemption, our names being written in the Lamb's book of life. We get to spend eternity. One day this world's gonna go away and all the pain and the suffering and the hurt and all that kind of stuff, man, I think about that. There are days when I'm like, Lord, you need to come now. Because it's gotten bad in our world and it's only getting worse. Lord, help me to express you to everybody that I come in contact with. Let me show them how, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You need to let people know this. So I think about that. But then the other reason is you need to remind yourself of the other things that God has done in your life and worship him because of that. What are you talking about, Pastor Timmy? Well, my marriage was about to fall apart. Had God not shown up at just the right time, the papers were signed. We were, we were getting a divorce. But then God intervened and restored my marriage. My kid, I'm talking about this is the things that we need to understand of why we worship him. I was on my deathbed. The doctors didn't give us any hope. They called the family in. And then something happened that the doctors can't even explain. And here I am today to worship him. My goodness, that is what you need to understand. That's why we worship him. Financially, there's a situation that came up in your life. And financially, you were like, God, I don't know what I'm going to do. And putting, God put it on someone's heart to do this or do that. And the next thing you know, you went from fixing to have to foreclose or whatever else. And all of a sudden, you're living in abundance. Why? Because of what God has done. You were an addict. And it was costing a fortune. And you were destroying the lives of the people around you. And they were loving you unconditionally and you had no understanding of it. All you wanted to do was get the next fix. But then God showed up one day and you got the greatest fix of your life. You got put on a high that will never be taken away. You've got a purpose to praise him and a reason to worship him. See, why is it so important that we remember the things that he's done? Because if you don't remember the things that he's done, you'll question if he'll do it again. That's why the the, the Levitical priest told the children of Israel, listen, Write down everything that our Father, our God, our God in heaven has done. Write them down. Write them down on your doorpost. Write them down. Talk about them at the table. Talk about them when you're on the road. Why? They knew that if the children of Israel forgot those things, that their faith would be weakened. See, remembering the great things that God has done in our life strengthens our faith. I tell people all the time, when God answers a prayer, no matter how small it may be, they are building blocks for you to believe for even greater things in your future. So we worship him because of what he's done. Look what it says. 
Psalms 138, verses one through three. I give you thanks, O Lord, with all of my heart. I will sing praises before the gods. I bow before your holy temple as I worship. I praise your name for your unfailing love and faithfulness, for your promises are backed by all the honor of your name. As soon as I pray, you answer me. You encourage me by giving me strength. Psalm 68, 19 and 20. Praise the Lord. Praise God, our Savior. For each day he carries us in his arms. Our God is a God who saves. The sovereign Lord rescues us from death. See, we have to make sure that we remind ourselves of all that God has done in our life. I got, I'm married. Boy, that was God showing up. I tell people all the time, man, as a man that loves Jesus, it's a benefit is that we get good looking wives. He blinds them for a period of time. They don't know what they're doing. People look at my wife and they're like, oh my gosh, she is so beautiful. I know God still hadn't taken the blinders off of her yet. As soon as he does, man, she's gone. Just joking, that's not true, I'm picking. <clears throat> we think, we, we have to remind ourselves of all that God has done in our life. Man, thank you, Lord, for the blessings that you poured over me. I don't deserve them, but you continue to do it again and again. God, you didn't have to show up on that end. It reminds me of a story one time of a farmer who was well into his 70s and, and he, had been, he had served the Lord for years and he was farming for years, but he had hit a, very, a, a particularly tough time in, in the farming portion. And, and he told his wife, he went in one day, told his wife, he said, I'm done. I'm just fed up with this. I've been serving God my whole life. I've surrendered everything to him. And it seems like every time I turn around, it's hardship after hardship after hardship. I'm through. She's like, you're finished. I'm done. He said, but I'm not going out on a wrong note. I'm going to go tell God, thank you for the things he has done before I leave, but I'm out of here. So he goes back behind the bar and he said, Lord, I'm done. I, 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 I can't handle this anymore. So, but I'm going to thank you for the things that you've done. I thank you for whenever, you know, my wife and I first got married and, and, and we were struggling. We didn't know what we were going to do. And you, you sent some people in our pathway and, the, you know, it, it put us on the course for what we're doing today. And Lord, I thank you for that time that our first child was, was getting ready to be born, but the doctors were unsure and, and we didn't know if the baby was going to make it, but it pulled through. They, they said it was a miracle. And Lord, I thank you for that time that our crops were not, we weren't going to be able to make the ends meet and we weren't sure where it was going to come from and all of our neighbors came alongside and helped us and you got us through that time and he just kept going on until finally he stopped for a second he said wait a minute I'm about to leave the one who's taking care of me and provided for me all these years he said I just forgot about all these moments until I started talking about them and said God I'm not going anywhere I'm staying right here come on listen sometimes you need to remind yourself of everything that God has done in your life Thank him for it, which brings me to the fourth, the third thing, and it's this. We worship him because of what he'll do. Now, understand something. Look at me. I'm not saying, okay, well, wait a minute, Pastor Tim, are you saying that if I want this outcome, if I want this particular thing that I need to worship God, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that I'm going to worship God knowing full well that he's going to intervene on my behalf, but it comes out of a heart of appreciation for what he's done in my life. I started thinking about how as sons and daughters, we should never allow our circumstances to dictate our praise, but we should let our praise dictate our circumstances. We must worship like we know him and that we know that he will show up on our behalf. Now understand something, we will worship him to show up, but he might not show up the way you want him to show up, but I can promise you this, whatever way he shows up, it's gonna be better than anything you anticipated. And we thank him for it. 
I remember this time and I think about this and I remember this time in the scriptures and we've all heard the story of Paul and Silas. How they've been out just doing the things that God had told them to do. And as they were out there doing those things, all of a sudden some people got mad, came, made some false accusations, brought them before the religious leaders. The Bible says they were flogged and beaten. I don't know anybody in this room has ever been flogged. You may have felt like you've been flogged sometimes or maybe you had a dad that flogged you one time. I don't know but you've never been flogged. Look it up, it's pretty serious. The Bible says that they had been flogged and beat and they were thrown into prison. And they weren't just thrown into prison. The Bible says it put them in the darkest portion of the dungeon. When you study that, it's a cold, wet, damp dungeon area. And then they were shackled. Like, man, you've already beaten the guys. They can't even hardly move. And now you got them shackled in the lower portion. And the Bible says that around midnight, I don't know about you, if I've been beaten and flogged and it's midnight, I'm not thinking about worship. Can we just be honest? Paul and Silas, you know what they were thinking? Our God is a great God. We've been counted worthy of his kingdom. And the Bible says that they begin to worship God. And as they begin to worship, I can only imagine what some of the other prisoners were in there saying, you know, shut up, I'm trying to get some sleep. Or I don't know what it was that they were, were, were thinking. I don't even know what worship song it is. I'd like to find out what worship song it was they were singing. Yeah. Man, we got some people that have been in some chains and some bondages that need to be set free. But I got to imagine that at some point in time, maybe they were in there and Paul and Silas were just looking at each other and he's like, dude, our God is so good. We've been counted worthy for the kingdom. We've been beaten, we've been flogged, but we, do you remember that young girl got set free? Do you, did you see the look on her face when, when her life was no longer bound by a demon and, and she's been set free? And, and I imagine they just begin to kind of talk and like, oh God is so good. And I don't know what they sang. Maybe it was, our God is an awesome God. He reigns forever and more. Come on, I don't know what they were singing. But whatever it was, shook the prison doors, shook the walls. The Bible says all of the gates flew open, all the chains came off, and they were set free. Listen, I don't know what you're walking through today. I don't know what you're dealing with. Maybe you walked in here and you've been bound by fear and anxiety and worry and depression and all of those other things. Maybe you're walking through a marital issue. Maybe, maybe there's talks of divorce. Maybe you're here, you just got a bad doctor's report this week, or maybe you're going through a financial crisis right now. All I can say is this, quit focusing on your circumstance and focus on your savior. I believe that we are in a perfect position when we worship for God to show up in a tremendous way in our lives. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.